Welcome to the Rev Up Dental podcast. I'm Beth, your host, and today's episode is a must for anyone struggling to keep their staff engaged. Do you ever feel like your staff just nod and smile when you talk to them, but then go back to whatever they were doing, that they just punch in, punch out, and always have excuses for their poor behavior? In this episode, we're exploring how you can create an engaged, enthusiastic, and loyal team. Welcome everyone to our kickoff webinar for 2024, uh, Boost the Morale, Productivity and Production of Your Dental Practice. My name is Beth, I am the manager of the Core Quality Team at RevUp Dental. Um, Today's topic is personally a passion of mine, my background is in leadership development, so I'm very, very excited to be discussing um, how you can apply leadership to your practice, development, training, all of that. I've worked with governments, I've worked with bankers, I've worked with HR, I've worked with um, private and public, done it all. Um, and I, I am especially very, very excited to introduce our guest speaker today, Laurie Irvine. Laurie is experienced with organizational development, leadership training, fostering synergistic teams um, and team dynamics. Laurie has a wealth of knowledge. When we have these conversations, Laurie and I get very engaged. We have some fantastic conversations where we get talking. Um, And she's been working with many different dental offices over the years. So she's incredibly experienced in applying this leadership tactic skills to the dental office. And I am looking forward to picking her brain for your benefit. I'm going to kick us off straight away with the first question. How do you boost the morale and productivity of your staff? How do you keep your current staff motivated and engaged? Well, the thing about keeping um, people engaged and motivated is more about how you ignite the fire within them rather than under them. So it's more about what is it that motivates them to be there? What are their what are their key drivers to to work at your practice? So I think tapping into what motivates and engages people in the practice, I think, is a, is a skill that you need to develop with respect to um, what is it that that excites them? What, what what are the reasons that they come to work? What are things that make them happy or feel like they serve their purpose every day? So part of that is getting to know who your people are, getting to know who they are as people before they are employees. So I always say, imagine them without their scrubs on, which is sounds kind of weird, but at the same time, it's what are they like as people when they come to the practice? Are they married? Do they have kids? Do they, you know, what are things that excite them? Are they into music? Are they, are they learning skills outside of the practice? What do they want to do to grow in the practice? What are their goals? So, so I think, a short story is to, to try to figure out where they're coming from and see what you can do to align that with how they can do the best that they can and serve their purpose at your practice to find out how you can mutually benefit the practice and the employee at the same time. So um, I, I, I smile there when you say like, see them out of their scrubs. I used to work in a hospital and we would be in scrubs mask everything and then you go outside into the real world and you'd you'd see people on the street and it's like is that you susan you have brown hair i didn't know that and it was it's quite I, they just sort of rang a bell but yeah absolutely so getting to know your people outside of the workplace it also reminds me of of um like 
you know, when you're in school and you see your teacher outside of school and it's like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> you don't belong outside of school. And I think that, yes. that when it comes to the workplace, what you're saying is workplace, um, you need to know your people. How, how can you how can you motivate them and get them engaged if you don't know who they are? That's in essence. So when they start, so here's what I tell people, and I think a lot of things get missed. So before people started a practice, it's important to know where do they come from? Why did they, why do they want to join your practice? What is it that they want to contribute to the practice and how does that mutually benefit? So when people say, well, you know, the best way to not pass judgment or make preconceived notions about people is to ask them straight away. All of a sudden, you're going to be working with somebody. If you're a dentist, it'd be a great idea to say, okay, you know, it's great to meet you. You're my assistant now. I'm going to be with you daily for six, seven, eight hours. So, you know, where did you come from? What do you want to learn? You know, what inspires you? Those kind of things, I think, not only show acknowledgement, but it also helps facilitate the relationship moving forward, right? So it's a mutual exchange of value to have that person and, and to retain that person according to what your purpose is, what theirs are, and how that aligns with the practice. I think that's key. Mutual exchange of value. I really like that. Um, that, that resonates quite strong because what you're saying there, when you say mutual exchange, is it's not actually just about you getting to know them. They need to get to know you as well. Is that what we're, we're saying? Yeah, because, I mean, a relation, a human behavior relies on the relationships you have with people and the trust that you build. So why not start that with what is the foundational thing? What do I know about this person? What do I know about their unique abilities? What do I know... Uh, so far about what excites them or, or what makes them feel uncomfortable, what's appropriate, what's not. And the, and the more you move along that process, you can save a lot of time and a lot of tension, and a lot of angst by finding out for real what somebody's like, especially if you're going to be having a relationship with them moving forward. And if they're with you and the, the ultimate goal is to do what you can for the practice, right? So you're all working for the same purpose, but what is it and, and how can you, you know, work on your, your unique abilities, their unique abilities in order to be able to provide the best experience for the patient, which is what we're all there for, right? Yeah, so you say we're all working for the same purpose. And I think um, this is something that from my my experience, we often miss. And, and when you're saying get to know your people, get to know what their likes are, their dislikes are, what are their goals? Um, this is where I think there's often a disconnect of are we all working for the same purpose? Because often when you're a dental practice, dental practice owner, your goal is to create an amazing, wonderful dental practice that's bursting to the seams and always has new patients and is, is amazing. Everyone stays and everyone retains. Their goal may not be that. Their goal may be, I want to get, you know, a safe employment so that I can go home and spend time with my family. <laughs> you know, it could be something completely different. Absolutely. And a lot, a lot of times that's something that's missed. So a lot of times we go along with what our work ethic is and what our purpose is, what our achievement drive is and what our goals are. What we sometimes miss is that not everybody has the same goals, purpose and drive that we have. So for us, we may say, 
you know, you may be working with somebody where see, sees this job as a stepping stone. There might be mm -hmm. some people that see this job as, okay, this is one more step to be a hygienist or maybe eventually a, a dentist. There's other people that say, you know what, I want to just step into the dental field and see what that's like. You have other people and more and more, you're seeing that there's a lot of people, especially in the admin department that come from different areas that don't have any dental background. So to find yeah. out what, where people are coming from, where they are right now and where they're headed is great information as to how you manage and how you support your team member. Right. Now here's when I can hear people thinking, well, well, hang on a minute. Um, that I'm paying them to do a job. Um, why does what they think matter to me when I have my vision, I've employed them to pay, I'm paying them to do this job. If they want to, um, you know, use this job as a stepping stone, isn't that a bad thing? Well, as long as everybody knows ahead of time what what the vision is of the practice. So to start with that is the owner has to has to first of all figure out and know and clearly define what their vision is of the ideal team, the business, and the patients that they want to serve. Once they know that, it's a lot easier for an office manager or someone else to recruit somebody into the position so that they can align, this is what I want for my career, this is what I wanna do in the next three to five years. Does this align with the core values and what the, what the owner needs for what's gonna happen at this practice? So making sure that everybody's on the same page with respect to this is what I want, this is what I'm going to sign up for. This is what's being offered. And, and, and to be able to actually honor those uh, expectations and those promises, then I think that's a good start with respect to, well, th this is how we work with the practice. We know that this person wants to advance and, and grow. We want, and we know that this person is just going to do and cover this for a while. So those things, and, and they're different for every every person. And I think it's important to acknowledge that from the get-go so that you make the right choices when you hire, you make the right choices when you promote, and you make the right choices when you have to make a change, depending on whether or not you're growing or scaling down. And every dentist has a different vision of where they're going, depending where they are in their career, whether they're starting out or they're finishing. Right. And so who who they bring in, in to support them in that journey that they have within their careers is um, is something that needs to be shared so that everybody is putting in the best that they can. And everybody understands and serves everybody's purpose as well as the practice. And then then everybody wins right? as long yeah. as it's understood ahead of time. Yeah, you've touched on a few, I'm, I'm writing my notes down here because you've touched on a few powerful things there. You've said um, vision of where you're going. Um, and I think that that's something like when I, as a manager, oh man, the beginning of every year when they say, okay, what's this year going to look like? Where are we going? I think the, the, the point of, or the making that conscious effort to actually sit down and go, where am I going? What is my vision? Do I really care about this? Am I, am I on the right, right path? And then you talked about another uh, point there. I don't, I can't remember your words exactly, but you mentioned every per person serves a purpose. And I think um, from where we say like, isn't it uh, like, don't I want my staff to be sticking around forever and staying in the same job forever? Not necessarily because the purpose might change. And if, um, 
you are growing and developing and you know what your staff are wanting, what their their things, thoughts and you know what their, their goals are, you can then fit them better into this vision. We were talking earlier, um, so I do have something actually a little visual to prepare. And I think this, this analogy fits in really well when we talk about a dragon boat, right? So, so Laurie, I'm just going to share this image and you tell me what you were saying about the dragon boat because I thought that was really powerful. Uh, so we also while you come up with the visual i'll just add to it um this, so the dragon boat image is a good one to show that it, it first of all it shows obviously teamwork so a boat that size as you see it there it, is something that you cannot row alone like you you can't drag a boat like that in in that size on your own by yourself so what you need is you need a team to be able to support that you need somebody that's going to provide synchronicity, whereas all the all all the paddles go at the same time in synchronicity. And so, in order to be able to do that, is if you have certain people that are, are pushing hard and and using their effort and their support to move forward, and it's going that way, that's great. But if you have other people that aren't in alignment with that and they're not supporting it or they don't know the direction yeah. of where is the finish line then it's there's confusion among well how do we get there how do we know how to get there what is the direction we're going in what do we need do we put like the people with the expertise of the power in the middle with with the strength in the middle we need somebody to steer somewhere else we need somebody to keep beat that's good with rhythm not everybody is and so how yeah. do we do that in the team that we have of the 20 people that are here on this boat to be able to go from point A to point B, knowing what point B looks like, knowing and being excited about getting to point B, right? And being engaged in the process of getting there and knowing what do we need to do to support each other, knowing that we can't paddle that alone without each other to be able to get from A to B. So that's the key. And it's a simple um analogy of how to get there and your vision being your um destination finish line yeah and then and then your um the way that you operate moving forward is who's the right person on the boat where do they need to be on the boat do they have to be the same no please thank you no we need everybody that's different to be able to move the boat forward according to where you're sitting what you can bring and to be able to do that in synchronicity so that it makes it easy for everybody, not easy for some people and hard for other people. So I think that's a great analogy, Beth. Good, good stuff. Yeah, I, I love this one. I, I think um, I can just remember my own days in the dragon boat and we would be zigzagging down, down the, <laughs> I was peddling wrong. What are we doing? What's going on? Um, and then I also found this video, which uh, image, which I thought was really funny because Sometimes, sometimes you sink a little bit, but everyone has fun doing it, right? As long as you're all on board, right? No one's leaving this ship. They're staying on board. <laughs> so I well, yeah, as long as they're invested in it, there's people that do not want to go in the same direction on the boat. They don't, they need to be on another boat and that's okay. Right? Yeah. And that's okay. okay. That's a really important thing. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. So, um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. I think um, when we're talking about vision, you need to understand your own vision and you need to know what your team 
has also got in their minds as well. What are their goals? Because everyone will have different goals in mind. Everyone will have different objectives in mind. If, if I'm right, if I'm summarizing this, the first thing is you need to know them. You need to know where everyone's coming from. You need to know where you're coming from. You need to be able to have that vision in mind. And a vision more than I want to be an amazing dental practice. I think that's an important one as well. It can't just be, I want to be an amazing dental practice because everyone wants that. But but the vision of what type of dental practice are you focusing on orthodontics? Are you focusing on general you know, dentistry? Do you want to be big? Do you want to be small? Do you want to have a lot of new patients, a lot of turnover? Do you want to have a few new patients and hold them on for a really long time? I think those sorts of questions when we talk about vision in a dental practice, um, you need to think about for yourself. That's yours. That's unique to yourself. So we have our vision. What, how, how, how? Like now that I know what they want and I know what I want, how do I bring these people in um, into my vision? Because I want them to be engaged in my vision. I want them to be on my ship. I want to, I want to be on board. So how do I bring them on board? How, how do I actually do that? Well, the simple thing is once you create your vision statement, then you have to decide what is the what what do I need as the qualities of the people that I have to bring in in order to establish and be able to achieve my vision. So if I already have people that are people focused people that are really good at connecting, let's say in the admin department, for example, we have we have a couple people that are task focused and they're really good at working on insurance, they're really good at doing all the admin function, they're really good at all that, all that kind of thing. But what they have to work towards is their people skills. So maybe their people skills aren't as great as their task focus skills. So if you're gonna uh, bring in somebody for the admin department, instead of cloning the person that you already have there that's very good at task focus uh, things, it's probably better to get in some of their, who, who's good at relationship building who's good at greeting and that comes mm. natural to them. So that would be a great combination to have in the admin team as somebody that's task focused, people focused. They can both do the same jobs, right? Obviously they can cross train and both be good at greeting people and tasks, but maybe one is a little bit more, their unique abilities are more towards and they default more towards doing tasks and being project oriented where the other person is a little bit better at relationship building, social media, doing reviews and those type of things. So then when, when you're thinking about building your team, let's just say if it's just one department, then you're going to look at who do we have? What do we need according to what are the gaps that we have? So identifying those gaps in alignment with the vision of what do we need in order to move the boat forward, if you will, then this is what we're going to look for. So when you're when you're organizing um, your Indeed ad or whatever whatever you use as to recruit, you're going to say these are the the skills that we need that we don't right now have, because right mm. now we're already covered here. What are the gaps and what kind of things do we need to fill? And those are the people that we want to be a little bit more laser focused on as good candidates for that role. And I think that needs to be thought about in the ad as well as in the um, interview process with whether it's the office manager or the or the owner. You bring up a very good point there. There's something else there that I, I wanted to touch on. And that's you, you talk about um, we need the right people for the job. We need to fill the right positions. I think in, especially in a dental practice when everything just moves so fast, somebody leaves, you just replace them. And you don't really spend much time thinking about, here's an opportunity 
for me to think about what gaps do I need? That person left, let's just get somebody else on board as soon as we can so that we can get back up and running. Um, and, and I think what you're saying there, Laurie, is you don't, don't rush so quickly. Um, think about the what skills you because you don't need to hire someone who was exactly the same as the person you had before you could hire somebody who's got different skills is that what we're saying oh yeah replacing somebody doesn't mean let's just let's just fill the hole because we all know that there's times that we've been in a position this is normal normal business behavior is that you want to fill in a hole there's a gap we need a person let's put out the ad let's fill it and let's move on but we all know that sometimes that doesn't work out so well so there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, there has to be a bit of a thought process in order to be, get the return on investment of the time that you spent in deciding who it is is the right fit for your place Mm. So uh, it, it's worth the time to say, okay, what do we need? What what kind of qualities do we need? What do we have already? And what do we need to fill the gap that we have? Not just the seat. We want to fill the gap. So the gap yeah. is we need these particular skills. We need this kind of person. We It's not just a, about how do we fill the position? Because as we all know, it costs a lot of money when we do that wrong. <laughs> Mm, right yeah so in order to do that right sometimes it takes time and sometimes it means that you have to make um you have to do different things and you have to engage your team and to be able to cover that hole while you can but you can save a lot of time effort energy and money if you do it in a way that you take your time you decide what you want and then you fill the role as per what the needs are as identified yes I think um, we're so quick to go, oh no, I have to act quickly and I have to do this now. It doesn't actually take that long. It, in my experience, um, it doesn't take that long to go, okay, I need to fill a gap. Let's do a quick evaluation on what we have um, and and just take that extra minute to refine exactly what you're looking for. Um, and that extra time, say it takes you an hour or two of just thinking time that can save you so much more in the long run because you're going to be looking for the right person um, instead of just looking for what you always had before. I'm curious, you said something else there. Um, you talked to your office managers, talked to your staff. So I wanna hear from our listeners, um, how involved are you in the interview and hiring process? Because I think when we did the earlier poll, a lot of people were dental practice owners. There was a few that were dental practice owners of multiple um, practices. So I'm guessing, my hypothesis is that we do rely on our office managers, but I'm curious to hear how involved are you in the interview and hiring process? Do you take the lead or do you just rely on your manager? So you either not involved, office manager handles it. Um, do you participate, but they take the lead? My staff finds a candidate, candidate, but I interview them. Or do you personally find and interview the candidate yourself? Um, so have a, have a think. We've got some results starting to come in. I, I do think that in my experience, I have a manager who hires on my behalf. And there was probably too many times where I go, just do it. I, I don't have time right now, just go and do it. Um, and so I think that when I put myself into the dental practice owner's shoes, and I imagine, you know, and I, and I know your practices, everything's chaotic, everything's busy. I can't deal with this today. Just, oh, no, we need someone, go and do it, go and deal with it. And um I am surprised actually. So, so we have we have a few. We have uh, are not involved. So one has an office manager, but most people here find and personally interview their 
um, candidates themselves. Oh, and we have some who participate and their office manager takes lead. So um, leaning actually a little bit, of, that surprises me. So well done, everybody. It sounds like some of you do actually handle it yourselves, um, but we do have people who, who uh, only let their office manager handle it. So I, I am interested, that is interesting thought. And I think what we're saying here, Laurie, is um, when we talk about how do I get my team on the same vision, step one would be to be involved in the hiring process. And when you do have a gap to think significantly about how you can find people to fill that gap for the vision that you want. Now, a follow-up question to that, Laurie, is what about my team that I already have? I don't want my staff to be leaving. How do I bring the team that I have currently into that vision with me? Well, first of all, they have to understand what it is. So I, I think most yeah. dental practices, they say, okay, what are you talking about a vision? What do you mean a vision? We want to take care of our patients and then we're good. And then we go home. But the truth is, depending on what the practice is and what they, sometimes it's a corporate practice. Sometimes it's a private practice. It could be a big practice, a small practice. Sometimes they offer um, surgery, sometimes it's not. So, so depending on who you are and what you want to bring, I think it's very important to share that with the team. Once the team understands what that is, even if it's something that, you know, that you might've been working with somebody for 20 years, it seems weird, right? Because a lot of times I work with, with clients that have been in the business and have worked with the same people for 15, 20 years, maybe more, right? But it's not, it, it's not weird to, decide what the vision is, because once everybody understands what that is, then they have a little bit more clarity as to how is this going to work moving forward? If we hire people that are new, how are we going to manage the people that are here already? So the best thing to do at that point is once the vision is established, is to let people know and acknowledge those that have been uh, the loyal employees for all these years. How have they contributed in all these years? Like, what have you brought to the practice with respect to the vision? So if the vision is we want to provide the best uh, customer experience for the patients, there's nothing like an employee that's been there for 20, 25 years to be able to say, I know all the patients' names. I know where they're coming from. I know everything about their families. I can ask them about things. They come to me and they want to follow up since the last time they were there because they're regulars. Right. So those things are really important to bring forth and acknowledge with your team as to look how you've contributed to date. This is where we're headed. This is what you've done so far. You can be um, people that mentor and model behavior moving forward with people that we hire. And you can help be engaged in the process of hiring new people and training new people and onboarding new people. I think it's huge to be able to engage other people that are already at the practice, engaged in understanding of the vision, to be able to model behavior and onboard these people, orient them to the practice and uh, get them to know other people and, and involve them in the training. I think that's huge as far as team support and engagement and acknowledgement for yeah. people that have been there a while. Yes, I think, so I've written down some, some again, you've said some really powerful mm -hmm. things there once everyone understands and i think that's an important thing where you said they need to know the vision so it's all very well you going around going this is my vision but you do need a way of sharing that with your team and I, my and thought comes to mind of um that that old adage um the best time to plant a tree is yesterday the second best time is today 
And I think if I was to take what you said, Laurie, and say, you know, how do I do this? I would say, sit down with your team, talk to them. And, and, get, and when you say acknowledge uh, loyal employees, that's really powerful. Your vision doesn't have to be just you. I think that's, that's what you're saying. Bring your staff on board for creating this vision too. Where do they see your practice going? Where do they see your, your ability to, you know, stand out as something? Do they, do they have something that they've been wanting to do or something that they see themselves as providing for your practice to make it more than what it is now? Is that what you're saying, Lori? Well, yeah, because, well, a lot of times, you know, and I'm just going from experience, a lot of times there's a disconnect between the people that have been there a long time and the new people coming in. So in order to bridge that gap, I think the best way to do that is engage them in the process. So use what you can about the experience that comes from those that have been there a long time and know the names of all the patients and, and the dynamics of the practice, as well as let's learn and in get to know the people that are coming in. So working with mentorship and being okay and open to those conversations takes away the disconnect and the wall that sometimes comes up between the new ones coming in and, and the ones that have been there for a long time. And I find that it's great. I, I, I'm a full um, supporter of mentorship, no matter how it looks, right? Um, yes. It doesn't mean that somebody knows more than somebody else. It just means that somebody has more experience in, in, in a situation or environment and to bring somebody in and to be able to help them along the way and also be open to what they're bringing in as new and innovative ideas. I think that's the key, right? Because then you're getting the best mm. of both worlds, right? Like that, that's the best way to go. Before we continue, a quick interruption. Check out the episode description for links to our blog, where you'll discover valuable resources to grow your office and improve day-to-day operations. Additionally, explore our YouTube channel, where we regularly post educational content to further enhance your knowledge. Now let's get back to the interview. We're talking about mentorship, and my first thought is someone who's been there for 20 years mentors the new people and tells them how things work in this practice. But then you said... Um, acknowledge what the new person's bringing in as well. It doesn't always have to be one way. And I think often in a dental practice, you get that someone's been there for a long time and then there's the person who's been there for a little bit less and then there's the person and and you almost get this hierarchy. Um, And what you're saying is it doesn't have to be that way. The person coming in new brings new and fresh ideas. We're a very fast competitive environment now. We need to make sure that we're keeping up with things and changing and growing. And these new people can bring that powerful um, information and, and skill in. And it, again, it can, it can like, so in my personal experience, I have mentors all over the place. I have a mentor for when I'm confused about finance stuff. I have a mentor for when I'm confused about leadership stuff. I have a mentor for when I'm confused about sports. You know, there's always somebody who you go to who you're like, hey, can you teach me about this? Can you help me with this? And I think when you get to a point where you, where you, and back to what we were saying earlier about understanding where everyone's coming from and their strengths and weaknesses, they can help each other. They can help you. A lot of the time, the frontier staff are far better at custom service than the dentist. Um, and so they can actually help. I, I actually, in the call quality team, I listened to a call the other day where it was the, the dentist speaking and they did not do very well on the phone. Um, and, I, and I sort of, you know, you sit in there going, no, no, let your staff, they need to teach you how to have this conversation. 
um, because as you didn't do very well, you're good at having the doing the dentist stuff and you're good at talking to them when they're in the practice. But over the phone, your staff are trained. They are they know what to say on the phone. They know how to do this. So lean on them. Let them teach you and, and make it more of a team where everyone's bringing their strengths and every strength is acknowledged. I, I think that that's kind of what you're saying there, if I summarize that. <laughs> well, yeah, and it, it's building a culture of um, being appreciative of the mutual exchange of value. And if it means it comes from experience and a long-term relationship with the practice, or it comes from I'm bringing in new ideas and, and new concepts, I think as long as there is acceptability and, and adaptability and a willingness to change, right, and adapt, I think that is a good mix and a good combination for success mm. from both sides. And, and, and you know, the, the, the key success there is of the practice, and that's what everybody's there for. Whether you're new or you've been a long-term employee, I mean, everybody wants the practice to succeed because if the practice succeeds, then everybody wins, right? Like that's yes. it. Everybody's there for the practice and the patients. Yes. Um, and, and I think where you say, like, if the practice succeeds, everyone wins, when you understand what your staff's goals are. So I have staff who say to me, Beth, I just want to come in, do my job and enjoy my time here. And then I want to go home at night. And then I have other staff who say, Beth, I want to one day be you. I want to run this. And and I, so with these two different types of employees, it's fantastic because I know when we talk about, um, you know, everyone being on board and everyone having the same vision, I know that I have somebody who wants to come in and just do, you know, the stuff that's set in front of them, follow the, the process that we've created, and they will be super, super reliable in making sure that that gets done. Typically, these people don't get too emotional about what's going on because they have less uh, emotional engagement, if you say. And then I have others who I will put into training who I'll say, you want to be me one day? Fantastic. Let's get you there so that when the opportunity presents itself, you're ready to move into these shoes. And you can actually get this training all done up front. And what happens in, in the end, 99.9% .9 of the time, is the practice grows. And now you need more people at that higher level who know what they're doing. And what we've, we've trained the right people and then we have more people who are doing the, the, the solid foundational work that we need as well. So under, go back to what we yeah, said earlier, understanding what they want, what their visions are, and then knowing what your vision is and then coming together on that. And when, when I say they tell me, you know, this is what I want, this is where I think it gets a little bit tricky because we're in a dental practice and we're running around and there's so many things going on. And, you know, it's all very well to say, talk to your staff. How? When? How do you actually structure your day, week, months, years um, into something that allows for this discussion? How do I actually have these discussions and, and talk with my staff and bring them on board? But it's sort of a similar question. Um, you know, do you have any tools you can recommend? How, you know, how do we how do we go from here? Okay, so so with respect to um employee communication and and I, I i can't i don't know for sure like how many people have actual structured performance reviews and development and and how often they happen and it's different for every practice but from what i understand what what i would recommend is 
before the best way to do this step by step would be before you hire somebody, know know who you want that's going to be your right fit according to what the vision is of your practice as established. Mm. Number one. When you bring somebody on, make sure that you have a, a plan in place with respect to the orientation and onboarding of the practice. The least thing that you, the worst thing that can happen is somebody shows up and like, who are you or why are you here? That's not the kind of conversation you want to have with somebody. That's not a good opening for somebody that comes into the practice as a new employee. So I would say, take your time to decide who's the right fit, engage, engage other people, office managers and other people according to their expertise in the hiring process and the recruiting process of that, for, of that new employee. Once they come in, make sure that you have a training program in place to make sure, and it has to be structured and measurable. It can't be, mm. oh, she's going to learn this, that, whatever. We're going to put her with here, there, whatever. No, it has to be a structured plan that's in place. And it can be something that you can use for every person when they come in. So what what is it they're going to learn and by when? So it has to be smart goals. They have to be specific and measurable so that you can look at it. And you can check in once a week, once every couple of weeks to make sure that that person is being set up for success according to what the expectations are, according to their role as agreed upon. That's that's just being fair. By the three-month probationary period, when that ends, you should be already ready because of those meetings in between, because of the support that they got throughout. It should be easy to have those probationary meetings to make a decision on whether or not that person is a right fit or not for the practice. Mm. Once that happens and that employee is successful in their probationary period and they're going to stay at the practice, then it's very important to check in with that employee and make sure that you make that their performance and their ability to develop and move forward and grow in the practice is, is achieved. So that is a two-way situation where you want to acknowledge the employee, but also find out where they are and where they're headed and what their purpose is and make sure that that lines up with what you're giving them and providing for them according to their needs and the needs of the practice. So that mm-hmm. that is a structured um, uh, system of what you want and what the, what you expect from the employee. And that has to be customized according to the needs of the practice, the vision of the practice, the employee handbook, the code of conduct, what the patients require. All those things are, are very uh, specific and unique um, criteria that I think uh, needs to be looked at, evaluated, and um, carried through in order to be able to retain your employees. Mm. Um, I'm going to repeat that because I, I want to make sure we got that. So take some time. It feels like there's not a lot of time, but take that time to know your vision and know what people you need on board for that vision. And don't just do it alone. You can do it with your team. Um, and I think that in this sense, we do, you will need to carve out some space to have a conversation with your team. And now's a really good time. It's January. Everyone's thinking, you know, 2024, what are we going to do? Now's a great time to sit down with your team and say, where are we going? What do we need? What do we want? Um, plan with orientation and measurable training. Very interesting because I think every single job I've gone into, there has not been an onboarding training plan 
Um, now, admittedly, a lot of the jobs I go to, I'm, I'm at the management level, so you, you typically don't have that um, anyway. But what I, what one of the first things I always do is create one. Um, the, I think the best person to create the training plan is either the person delivering the training or the person doing the training. And I always have, when I do the onboarding, I have the people doing the training. They get their own book and they are expected to update that book as they mm -hmm. go for the things they didn't understand. If they didn't understand it, they update that book and then, or document, it's never a physical book anymore. Um, but they, so, so you get two things. You're preparing for that onboarding. You've created something that you can use again. You said that as well. It doesn't have to be hard to have somebody come on board and train if you use the same tools again and again and again. And the person learning can be the one to update these these training guides and and obviously with some some support from management so it's a growing thing and it develops over time then you said about you know that three-month check-in again you just have to carve out that time and it can be difficult um sometimes i've seen uh dentists they will block out a specific time of a specific day um when are you typically less busy i know that's hard to to sometimes think i'm always busy i'm always busy but there's there is a time maybe first thing Monday morning or last thing Friday night, there, there, there are times when you do have less bookings. Um, and I've seen dentists actually in their agenda, in their, in their schedule, will say, this is office time. This is my time where I will sit and think and or talk to my people and this is my dedicated time. Another thing that we've seen and at Revit we highly, highly recommend is a stand-up meeting once a week. Um, now, Laurie, do you know, can you tell us a bit about stand-up meetings? Uh, well, first, I want to just go back, if, you know, just, mm. to, just to back up a little bit about the um, the accountability for those meetings in order to make sure that somebody's onboarded properly, right? Mm. So onboarding properly has to do with, there's an ownership with the practice itself and the employee. So I think it's really important to make sure that the employee understands they need to own their their um, their growth and their uh, ability to be able to perform in the practice ahead of time. So what I say is, and it doesn't have to be the dentist all the time. If there's an office manager, I think that's helpful. But um, even if it's just like a quick 15 to 20 minute check-in, it doesn't have to be a four-hour meeting and it doesn't have to be with mm. the dentist. But what it has to do with is that the employee self-reflects on what are, the, what are the things that I feel like I mastered according to what was expected of me? What are the things that I need more support with? And where am I lost? Three things. So that helps them with the, with, it helps them with the ownership of their growth, which I think is a very yeah. great way to, to move an employee forward. That's the kind of employee you want. You want somebody that is able to own their own stuff and be able to um, communicate that and be able to problem solve with respect to what they, what they need for challenge and what they need to make them, uh, what fortifies a good work experience for them. So they have that ownership. It gives them a venue of communication so that if there's something they need to talk about that they know they have a place to put that, right? And just add it to their agenda. And then it just makes it easier for the office manager or the, or, or the dentist, according to the training program that's already been developed for everybody, right? So it's like, okay, where are we? What do you need from me? And what do you need to do on your own? And how do we get to organize that and scheduling, right? 
So mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to make sure to make that point because this is a lot easier than it sounds, but it's also, it's twofold in the sense that you're training the employee, but you're also giving them the understanding that there's an accountability on every employee that works here, that they need to be responsible for their growth and their development. And that's the way that we operate at this practice, right? So I, yeah. I think that was important to mention. Yeah. Okay. And I think that giving them that opportunity to come to you with those those options will make them feel like they own their job a lot more instead of just always being told what to do and too often being told off for doing something wrong, which I think um, we, we see that a lot as well. Yeah, um, it, it promotes autonomy, right? And and, and most yes. people these days, I mean, that's that's an important aspect of the of the job, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, having the ability to come to you, and this comes back to that mentorship discussion of, uh, I um, always I always get very uh, what's the word sad when I have a staff member say I don't I didn't think I could come to you and, and talk to you about that. And I think that's that's really, really important from the get-go to create that behavior of the ability for them to come to you and say, this is what I'm struggling with. Or even, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. Like, but those sorts, of, especially early on, but also later on. And I think if, if you've come to this and you're watching or watching the recording of this one, I think there is no better time than today to to give your chance uh, give your staff that refresh that you know let's we're gonna we're gonna do something a bit different this year this year we're gonna do um one hour each week i'm gonna reserve time and and i expect you to come and talk to me during the time or this week for 10 minutes a day we're gonna do a stand up at the beginning of every day where we just check in and you know and, and try it and, and as you said glory it actually isn't as hard as it sounds to once you just start doing it. Um, and I think this is one thing that, that we talked earlier, earlier, a little bit earlier about uh, tools. What tools can we give our listeners today and those who are going to be watching this recording so they can walk away and go, right, I now have the ability to start this today. Um, are you, ta- you, are you talking about, about, are, are you talking sorry. about like starting the day? Is, is that what you're asking? Yeah, so so when we talk about boosting the morale, productivity, and production of your dental staff, the topic that that you know we're here to talk about, what tools can our listeners walk away with today, so that they can start today and start boosting that morale? Now, earlier on, Laurie had mentioned um, the there is a, a job description, so making sure that you've got that that powerful job description, um, and we actually went away and created one. Um, so we can absolutely share that with you. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just show you. We've basically just created a template based on what Laurie said. So having a nice job description, which clearly outlines what you're looking for, what your responsibilities are. This is obviously a template. If you are interested in this tool, let us know. Um, Laurie, there was a few others that you talked about. I think we went away and created those ones as well. Um, what else did we have? So the most important thing is, I, I, go ahead. Sorry, creating the vision. You well, mentioned a lot yes. about creating the vision. So again, yes. our, our team at RevHub went away and we've got this document. Very, very templated. So you can use this to create your own vision. Um, if you are needing help to create that vision, uh, I know that, now, Laura, you said it's all very well to have a, a document like this, but 
it has to be unique to your practice. So if you could talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I, I think for the most part, and I think this is the, the, the key is, is that all these things that are templates, all these things that are important are things that need to be customized for your practice. So I think yeah. first and foremost, you, ha you have to know the job description to, to figure out who is the ideal person that you need for your team. So organize your job description according to that. That has to come from what is the vision of your practice and what do you need for that role, number one. The second thing is to how do we retain that, that uh, employee? How do we keep them engaged and how do we keep them wanting to stay with us? So the big thing right now is mm. retention. So in the event that we get somebody on board, we like them, we train them, and we do all that we can according to what we need for the practice, grow them and, and give them as much as we can with respect to CE, with, with respect to training. What do we need to do to acknowledge them? What do we do to need to keep them there, keep them engaged, keep them excited about working at that practice, not another one, right? And then what is it that we need to do to make them understand what we want to do in the future of the practice so that they can fit in with that? How do they contribute with that? What do they contribute now? What can they contribute in the future to make the practice better? So if everybody has everybody has skin in the game and making the practice better and being able to fortify a good relationship with patients and each other, I think that's the key thing to keep that open and make sure that you have structured plans and measurable plans in place to be able to fortify that. I think a lot of times that's what's missed. And I think that's what ne people need to pay attention to. Right. And it has yeah, to be customized absolutely. according to what you need and what you do. Right. And where you are. Yeah. Right. Who you serve. So we can, mm -hmm. we can give these templates, anyone who, who asks for it, we can absolutely give it to you, but your messages, it's just a template you do have to go away and you have to do this yourself. So we, we actually, when we talk about creating, uh, you know, involving your employees and getting them involved, uh, we have another template here for an employee handbook. Um, and so if you are wanting something to help guide you in creating something, and this can kind of um, lay out how you will um, promise or you, you will, um, recognize your people and they can understand what your what their expectations can be of you when it comes to setting those expectations and sharing that vision and meeting with them regularly you'd have to create it yourself but we have this template here absolutely and there was one other that our team had created um, and that is a template for a stand-up meeting so stand-up meeting you just touch base at the beginning of each day or once every couple of days just to go through um what the practice is doing on that day so that's a little bit less of a vision and more of a what are we doing today um, but we have these templates available our team after our discussion laurie they went away and they created these these wonderful uh, templates for our listeners um, to get if you are interested in um, requesting one of these templates uh, or um, if you're interested in talking to us sorry i'm just going to bring up laurie is laurie's a uh, contact information and my contact information and there we go so there's laurie's contact information so if you want to talk more with laurie talk about these templates uh, talk about what we've discussed today how can you actually get this happening in your practice here's laurie's information um i sure i speak for laurie here when you know she'd be happy to hear from you we also have the rev up information here um, if you are interested in reaching out to us and getting those templates, we'd love to hear from you as well. Uh, we have a few minutes left of today's webinar. 
So I'm going to bring up Laurie's information again and just ask you, our listeners, are there any questions out there for Laurie, questions for me, um, anything that you'd like us to elaborate a little bit more on? Um, I think that while, while we're waiting for these questions to come up, um, I'll just sort of summarize. So we're talking about boosting the morale, productivity and production of your dental staff. Start with your vision. Start with what you want your practice to be like. Bring your team on board. Bring your team on board. Involve them in the discussion. Understand their strengths, their weaknesses, their goals, where they want to go, what their vision is. And then be... Um, Bring, bring that vision together and be consistent about continuing this drive on an ongoing basis. Have regular meetings with your staff. Talk about them and their lives. Have touch bases on how things are going. If, some, if there's a gap in your staff, take that opportunity to sit down with your team and say, okay, we had a gap. This isn't a bad thing. This is an opportunity. What do we need to add to this team? And then, Laurie, you said train them. When they come on board, take that time to properly train them. Have measurable, achievable training that they can follow. Open your door. Open your um, ears, eyes. Allow them to come to you if they have questions, if they want to contribute. Um, Laurie, uh, do you, I can see we've got a question about to come in. Uh, do you have anything you want to add there? I'm looking at the chat here. Hang on a second. Yes, uh, I'll, I'll read out the question here. Um, so thank you very much. So I find my staff are uncomfortable being singled out for performance reviews. This is a good, we actually talked about this one. Any suggestions on making staff interviews more comfortable? Yes. Okay. So a staff interview should be, it should be rolled out. Is it, it's not just about what are you doing wrong or how are you going to develop? It has to be about what are you bringing now according to the vision of the practice? So how are you contributing so far? So it, it is based on two pieces. One is acknowledgement of what have you done so far? And the second one is development according to where do you want to go in your professional development? So it's not a hundred percent about how can I be better for you? It's more about how can I be better and how can I expand my knowledge and my expertise in the practice according to what I have right now and what I want to do moving forward. And it's a mutual exchange of value again, where it's like, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm willing to do. This is what I want to do in order to benefit the practice. But I think what's a lot of times ignored or not, there's not a lot of uh, attention to is the acknowledgement piece of the performance reviews. Performance reviews should be the two part. So recognize what your employees are doing and what they bring already, and then talk about how can they develop and what it is that they want to develop, and then see how you can align that with the practice needs at that time. So what the demands of the practice are and have that as a conversation. I don't know if that helps you or is there any more questions about that? I think if, if I think of, um what we were talking about earlier with setting the standard. If it's normal for your team to come and talk to you and, and have that engagement, it's way less scary. Laurie, we actually, we talked about this earlier um, in a different discussion. You don't have to call them performance reviews. You, you said that to me. And I think that that's a really powerful thing because sometimes we just get caught on the word. And I remember um, I was once called into the big boss's office and he messaged me and he said, Beth, I need to talk to you right now. And I thought, oh, geez, I'm being fired. And I totally know that feeling. 
um, and I was actually getting a promotion. So uh, sometimes just how you deliver that and schedule that meeting. So with me, I have one-on-one check-ins. That's what I call them. I call them check-ins. They don't necessarily need to be performance reviews, but I check in with them regularly. Um, I think uh, you mentioned earlier in a previous discussion, Laurie, you called them development discussions. I think calling them something a little bit nicer might help. Uh, anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I think that I, there's a book that's out that's called Catch People Doing Things Right. So call them into your office when mm. they do things that are things that facilitate what you're looking for. So reward what you, you want people to do things and reward them and positively reinforce them. So when somebody does something outside of what's the expectation, call them into the office. I need to speak to you. Bring them in. And when they come in, they're like nervous. That's typical, yeah. right? Just like you said, Beth, in your example. So it's like bring them in and they're like, oh God, what did I do wrong? Then you say, you know what? I think it was really great that you uh, made that patient feel comfortable. They were afraid of dentistry and they were vulnerable. And the way that you spoke to them, I overheard it. And I thought that was really great, right? And then they walk out and guess what happens? The whole team surrounds them and like, what happened? What'd they say? What happened? Yes. You in trouble a lot. And then you get to explain to them, no, I just got positive positively acknowledged for something I did right. It's a good thing, right? So that is so really not, important. It's not that you have to make that environment happen. You have to put forth and, and work towards building that environment, a culture of recognition and acknowledgement. It's important. Too often we focus on the negatives and it's really important to acknowledge the positives because your staff do some amazing things. We hear it every day on those phone calls. There are some people who, who calm people right down from being completely anxious and irrational. They, they talk them down. There are staff who hold a child's hand when they're scared or chase a toddler down the corridor so that they don't bash into a machine. There's amazing things that people do every day and everything that they do contributes to your reputation and your practice. And I think, we see this a lot in RevUp because we provide feedback on what we observe in a practice. I'm sure you do too, Laurie, where it's, um, you know, oh, this is happening. They could do this better. They could do this better. And it's always, they have to do better. And if you can take that time to say, this is what you did well. And I really, this was amazing. You did this well. I remember one boss when I was a long time ago, um, working in, in the, in the, in the hospital, I mentioned, uh, I closed an operatory door. That was the thing I did well. And she got so excited because nobody ever closes the door. It was one of those ceiling doors where like the air is pushed specifically. So it's a sterile room and nobody ever closed the door. And she got so excited. And I still remember that. That was probably about 17 years ago, maybe 20. I don't know. Um, and I remember that, that she got, Beth, you closed the door. Thank you so much. Nobody ever closes this door. And, and it was such a little thing but it meant something to me quite a lot that 20 years later, I remember that moment. Um, so yes, acknowledging the good things they do will make the performance review discussion a lot less scary. You close that gap between the two of you. There's not such a big wall. Very powerful. Oops, we are uh, over time. I'm so sorry. Um, there aren't any more questions though. So, so that actually works out quite well. Thank you everybody for coming. I really appreciate that. Uh, thank you, Laurie, for coming. Are there any final words, Laurie, that you'd like to leave us with? Well, just just from what you just said there, I'd just like to make one point that the best that you can do with employees in order to engage and to retain them is to empower them 
by lighting a fire within them rather than under them. So the, the biggest message I have for leaders and um, uh, owners Uh-oh. Did I lose Laurie? Oh dear. Align um, that with what your purpose is and move forward. Laurie, I, I think you may I, I think you may have dropped out there. Can you just repeat this? If the most okay, important one more time. Okay, really, real quick. <laughs> okay, so quickly, I, I think that what's most important is in order to uh, be the best leader that you can be, whether you're an office manager or an owner, is to be able to empower uh, your team members and, and make them uh, understand what their purpose is and what, what they bring to the practice and make sure that that aligns with your vision and, and, able to, and, and to be able to retain them and to keep them happy, engaged, and uh, <laughs> to keep them at the practice is to remind them of what their worth is and line that up to what they want to do and what their purpose is with respect to their goals. And I think that that's a good um, understanding and, and that re requires communication and taking time to have structured meetings and some of these things that we talked about to put in place. So whether it's performance and development uh, meetings, probationary meetings, making sure you do the right thing for onboarding and recruiting. I think being honest and, and uh, accurate and being and strategizing those things ahead of time are things that are key elements and making sure that you customize them according to what your practice uh, expectations are. Mm, absolutely. Thank you so much, Lori. I really appreciate you coming and joining me, having this discussion. I love talking with you. It's a fantastic discussion. Um, thank you to our listeners who have joined us. This webinar has been recorded. It will be available to you and sent out to you. Um, if you are interested in those resources, just message us, let us know. Um, I'll just uh, switch over to my contact information there. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, RevUp, for hosting. And I hope you all have a wonderful afternoon, evening. Thank you for attending this RevUp Dental podcast. I hope you found it interesting and have gained some useful tips and tricks that you can apply to your practice. Check out the episode description for links to our blog where you'll discover valuable resources to grow your office and improve day-to-day -day operations. You'll find useful templates to help you create a vision, an employee handbook, and other useful things to get you started. Additionally, explore our YouTube channel where we regularly post educational content to further enhance your knowledge.